Live from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada, it's Silver and Black Today. Your daily dose of all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, guests, and your phone calls are all part of the game plan. There's only one nation, and it listens here. Now your host, Scott Colbranson. It's Monday, Raider Nation. Welcome back to Silver and Black Today here on Raider Nation Radio, powered as always by our good friends Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Sam and Ash coming at 340. We're going to talk to them. Scott Branson along with you, and my co-host today is Mr. Ohondo Carpenter, as we like to call him, Uncle Hondo. Of course, he is the publisher of Sports Illustrated's Raider Maven website. Hondo, how's your Monday going so far? How was your weekend? My weekend was fun. I got a chance to do some hog hunting and out of state. But the big thing for me, Scott, is I had two people from the Las Vegas Boat Harbor ask me if finally I'm going to get to ask <laughs> Sam and Ash my question from three weeks ago. I know, and I, it's so funny because uh, on Monday mornings, I always um, exchange messages with Sam and Ash about the show and make sure we're good on subjects. And I, I led with it. I said, hey, listen, here's a couple things we're going to talk about. But first of all, we're going to get Hondo's question from the boat docks in because it's been it's been a month or so, and we got to make sure that the ladies at the boat docks don't give you too much grief. So we're going to get those questions in first, right? I mean, Thank no you, brother. <laughs> we want to save you from that uh, consternation there so we'll do that as well uh but we're back here with you talking of course raiders football talking nfl football and anything else that uh comes your way or you want to discuss you can always be part of the conversation 702-365-9200 is the raider nation radio listener hotline where you can get on the line and get on the phone and talk to hondo and i if you can hang because not everybody can, right, Hondo? I mean, they got they got to come with energy. They got to come with a good take. They can't be completely off the wall nutso. They got to be right on. Most Raider Nation is not that way. Most Raider Nation is so good. That's why we have such great callers on here. But uh, still a lot of talk out there about free agency with the Raiders, and we're going to get into that as well. Uh, and, and talk a little about, about Raider Nation's favorite subject. Of course, that's Derek Carr. Right, because now you're starting to see things out there about extensions and all this kind of stuff. So we're going to talk about that, and and no, there's no extension on the horizon yet. Uh, but we want to get into that. Some other NFL news just to pass along. Uh, Mike Tomlin, the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, diagnosed with COVID today, so he has to be away from the season. And then longtime Chargers offensive guard Doug Wilkerson passed away at 73 years old today so the nfl loses one of its own but hondo you know you and i haven't been on together for a little while since you were away uh but the raiders and free agency there's a bunch of names out there that people are talking and clearly the focus has to be defense especially in free agency not that they don't have needs on offense we can talk about that but on defense in interior defensive line, of course, they could use some help on the edge. And then at safety, to me, are the three big positions they need to go shopping at. I agree with you, Scott. And let me say this. One guy that people are not talking about, which I reported after the end of the season, said I think will be the, the breakout player next year, is Jeff Heath, the safety. He's a great player and a great coach on the field as well. And he had injury issues this year. I think he's going to be back roaring. But, yeah, I still think they need to sign another safety. But I think Heath is going to be very good. I, I That, to me, is is glaring. They're gonna, the defense has so many holes. I think you can go plug and play a left tackle with your number one pick. I think there's enough depth and good guys there. But, man, they got to spend some bucks on defense, don't they? Well, and you talk about Heath, but I, I look at Heath as a possible cap a cap a casualty, don't you? Yeah, I think there's a chance, but they're going to be able to get pretty low. I think maybe do you go back and offer him a deal and extend him mm, a little bit again? It, yeah. I mean, I I think he's there. If they don't, if they have to let him go, there's going to be a big market. But I know they believe in him. 
Yeah, and that's the thing is is we're talking about the need for a safety here, and um, I think that's something that people have accepted. So, so you start looking at some of these guys, and we're going to talk about names next segment. But I think that when you start to look at what the Raiders need to do, there might be some answers on the roster that people are overlooking. You you mentioned Jeff Heath as one because they didn't perform or they didn't get the opportunity to perform, whether it was the scheme, whether it was the playing time, whether it was situational. They didn't get to showcase really what they do, and sometimes. And like you say, Hondo, they like guys, they see something that we don't get to see. Uh, and that convinces them that, hey, you know what, we might we might as well keep this guy, spend the money elsewhere. What other positions do you see maybe that there are opportunities there where there's some players that, you know, fans might not look at real positively just because they haven't been exposed to them that might be able to fill some of those needs? I thought that the signing of David Irving, by the way, was a great one. He needed time to get back into football shape and get back into the game after being a year away, away a year and so to me that was a sneaky good signing and the kind you have to because you don't have enough money to go out and fill that defensive roster with nothing but first tier free agents well I agree with you and we're going to get into games the next segment but I mean into names the next segment but I'm going to say this to you I I fully believe that that they've got to improve the depth at linebacker I'm not a guy Mm. that thinks Corey Littleton is terrible I think he's a really good linebacker I think his effort was there I think we all can agree he had a bad season but I think, you know, based on uh, past production, I think you can look at future production, especially right. in a Gus Bradley system. But they're going to have to bring some upgrades in along the defensive line. They need some horses, Scott. Yeah. They need a guy who will step up and lead that group. There's a lot of good guys on that defense. But there isn't one that's the head knocker. There isn't the one. I mean, Derek Carr did a really good job this year talking going after guys. We talked about on this show ad nauseum. But when when I'm going to tell you, when the end of the year came and, and it came out about what Nelson did, they needed other voices. This defense needs a voice. They've got to go sign somebody who's that guy, who's going to be the Derek Carr in the defense to be the butt kicker and the, and the name taker. That's what I'm really looking for. Yeah, and we we talked about in depth um, with our guest from CBS Sports on on Friday about the salary cap and possibilities here, and and you start to look down that list of guys that the Raiders may have to cut, and there's there's some tough names that you might have to part way with, and we we talked about Jeff Heath depending on what happens, and maybe uh, with him at three million dollars they can figure that out, um, and and really want to bring him back, and he he ends up being quote unquote a budget signing. That doesn't mean he's not good enough to play. It just means from a financial standpoint, but guys like Jalen Richard, who we talked about last year a lot uh, when they brought in some other running backs. Some of these guys, including Richie Incognito, including Carl Nassib, who, yes, they'd have to take a hit on. But I, I think the Raiders, a lot of fans are getting frustrated because they don't see anything happening yet. But I think the Raiders are doing the right thing here, Hondo, because there's no hurry. You're going to see a lot of guys hit the street. And if the Raiders can put off some of these decisions as long as they can, it behooves them because then they can figure out, okay, who are the priorities of folks that maybe got released elsewhere that we want to go after? And then we can pool our money and figure out what we're going to do with our current roster and then go make some moves. Totally agree with you. I'm going to give you another thing that I think you'll find fascinating, Scott. And you may remember, I was the first to report this, and I said this on your show, but there are going to be good players cut loose because of the salary cap and the fact that it's gone down and going and going to go down so low. And so one of the things the Raiders have to do is be patient because, you know what, you may go get a guy that gets, you may go sign a guy, then all of a sudden a guy who's better that you're even willing to pay more to or can get for some of the same money that is going to become available. I think you have to exercise patience. Now, if there's a one guy that you feel like you need, if there's one guy that you think this guy is a huge difference maker, then you go get him right away. But if not, I think you got to show some patience for a while. You do, and and there's really no hurry, right? Because the Raider, the Raiders, uh, and you know how this works, Hondo. The, the Raiders internally have uh, a bunch of uh, spreadsheets, and they know exactly where they can free up space, and they have scenarios uh, depending on, like you said, who they tar- who they're targeting. And we know they're targeting some guys on defense, and and so they're going to wait because why? You know, there's no reason to hurry, especially with what we know about the salary cap now being between probably 180 to 185 million. Uh, they know some guys because. Everybody keeps waiting. Oh, Trent Brown removed all his stuff. He's been 
you know, tweeting and Instagramming all of these hidden messages, so to speak. Uh, and you know what? That's fine. Then they may end up cutting him. But at the same time, there's no sense in doing that. Plus, you just never know when somebody gets desperate and comes to you. Because the one thing I'll tell you, and I know we're going to talk about it uh, as well when we talk about Derek Carr later, but Marcus Mariota, everybody thinks that that's an easy trade. And I keep saying, Hondo, it's not. Because if I'm an NFL team, I know the Raiders more than likely – I mean, I can't understand. I can't see a scenario, honestly. I really can't, where the Raiders take on Marcus Mariota's salary again. So if that's the case, and you're an NFL team, you can just sit back and wait. Now you might have to compete with somebody else, but you can wait for the Raiders to release him and then go get him, and you don't have to give up any capital. Well, you're right, Scott. Theoretically, you're absolutely correct. But if you're the team sitting out there and you think Marcus is the guy, then you don't want to take a chance. Of all of a sudden, let me let me give you a great example because I was talking to an agent the other day about this. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you're the New England Patriots, and I'm only using them as an example. And let's say that wow, you think Marcus Mariota is your guy. Okay, you don't want to go trade and overpay for him. That's fine. But all of a sudden now he comes loose, and let's say he has a chance to go to a team in in any state. Let's just say whatever. It doesn't matter. But it's a state with no income tax. Now, all of a sudden, he looks at $5 million from the New England Patriots and a very high-tax state of Massachusetts, and all of a sudden, he looks at us, you know, it, it can be significant. I mean, it can be a couple hundred thousand dollar raise. Yeah. And I don't care if you are making buku bucks, a couple hundred thousand dollars to anybody is a couple of hundred thousand dollars. So, again, I, I think that that's a decision you have to make. Okay, great. Marcus is under contract. Do we want to go trade for him and get him so he's our guy so we don't have to compete? Now, you may be one of those teams in a state that has no income tax or very, very low. And you're like, okay, we'll let him go to market. We were, you know, we think there's a couple of guys we can pick. Marcus is one of them, but we're not sure he's our franchise guy. We you know what? We think our offer against anyone else is, is better. So, yeah, theoretically, you're absolutely correct, but I think that's the reality. And we're not getting into politics. We're just talking the truth. Those are real issues that players go through. No, they are. You have to factor that all in. And then quality of life where you want to live. I mean, there's all those decisions that come in that people don't think about necessarily. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But we'll keep an eye on it. You know, it's it's that time of the year. This is the slowest time of the year in the NFL. Yeah, there's a couple of deals that have happened. But of course, it's mock draft season. We always talk about mock drafts. Uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, Hondo, put out its, its newest two-round mock draft today. And uh, I like one of the picks they made for the Raiders. I'm not a big, huge fan. I wouldn't be disappointed pointed with the pick that they made in the first round, but I also think they could probably do better. Um, and that is at number 17 in their latest mock draft. They have the Raiders selecting edge Quiddy Pay out of Michigan uh, in what is not a great heavy edge class to begin with. And Pay is a good player, don't get me wrong. I just don't know 17th overall. If this was a normal year with some extra guys in there, I don't think he'd be that high. And then at number 41, and I want to get your comments on both of them, but I'll give you the, the second one. The second one I love because this is a guy that we've talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks on this show, including during the Senior Bowl with you, uh, and that was, of course, uh, Richie Grant out of Central Florida, the safety. So we were just talking about safeties, uh, and this is a guy that I love, and if the Raiders could nab him at number two. And, of course, all these mock drafts, Honda, you guys do them at Sports Illustrated. We do them on our site. Um, These are all for entertainment purposes. We have no idea. Free agency hasn't begun to start to swing things in any direction. But what do you think of those two? picks you have quitty pay in the first and richie grant in the second first of all i'm very familiar with quitty been familiar with him for a long time i think he's a very good player with a motor a very high mm-hmm. motor um i did not get to see as much of him this past year as i have in many many years so again i would want to go I, I i give this with a caveat if his mutter if, if his motor didn't decrease i'd be very happy with him at 17 because it's not a deep market mm-hmm. uh However, when you look at round two, I like the pick, but they're going to have to go. I I think they're better off going with a proven tackle. This is a very deep draft. I think you go get a proven tackle, a guy that you can put out there opposite Colton Miller at right tackle to replace Trent Brown. And I think there's some good ones that are pick and play. So for me, I think you go address it in free agency, the edge, and go after your offensive lineman in the first round. 
Yeah, I mean, there's like, uh, and obviously they they've been a big. Um, uh, a big uh, Clemson school too. So you look at guys like Jackson Carmen and some of the other guys that we've talked about here on the show several times. And there are in the second round, there'll be some guys there available. Uh, Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame is another guy as well. So there's some guys there and I agree with you. And we talked about it last week while you were gone, Hondo, that, that, that offense, like I said, the defense is the big problem. There's no question. No, we all agree on that, but that doesn't mean that you don't have, I think a growing urgency, on the offensive line. And I think they have, they're not going to be able to address that in free agency. They're not going to have the money to do that. I think you have to. And plus, you want lifetime value anyway out of offensive linemen. Yeah. And Scott, I'm going to tell you something. I think they're going to have more money than you're giving them credit for in free agency. I really do. I mean, when you get rid of Trent, get rid of Terrell, get rid of. You get yeah, but not, a, not enough Hondo to go get frontline free agents at every point of need is my point. Yeah, I, I do agree with you at front line. But let's go back and look at the at the Patriot way for a long time. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to go get the biggest names. Right, exactly. You have to be able to go get, you know, guys are going to step in. I'll give you a great example. When I was covering the Lions, they bring in Damian Woody and Dre Bly. Mm. Now, Dre Bly comes in, and he was a big, big guy. I mean, he, he was a big-time free agent, so was Damian Woody. Damian Woody was a disappointment in Detroit. You know, wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. Dre Bly was better than expected. And I think when you look at what they do, you know, you look at guys, it's a hit or miss. But there are guys out there that you can go sign, good guys, good players, who maybe don't have the big name, but they're producers. And I think that's what the Raiders need to do. They need a bunch of producers. One guy isn't going to fix this defense. So I think you got to say, okay, who's a producer? And that's where I think the, the teams that do it best do it well. Yeah, and I agree with that, and that's my point. That's what I've been telling fans for the last couple of weeks, Hondo, is listen, don't don't get disappointed if the Raiders go get a guy and his name isn't huge because I think everybody falls in love with the big names, and, and, and the bottom line is you need bodies. Before David Irving signing last week, they had one man under contract on the interior defensive line, and that was Maurice Hurst. That was it. So you need guys, and I'm not just saying you go get bodies. Like you're, To your point, I think you make the perfect point, which is there's guys out there who are very good players that would help improve this defense significantly, and they're not going to cost you uh, those massive, massive contracts. They're going to come in, they're going to work hard, they have great work ethic, and they have the great skill set that the Raiders need up front. But you mentioned earlier, Hondo, the, the linebacking core, and I agree with you on Corey Littleton. I think he'll have a bounce-back year, especially in Gus Bradley's system. Uh, but when you look at addressing the linebacker situation, I think they need they definitely need another guy who's going to be there, rotational uh, what what do you think? What who are you thinking they're going to do? You think they're going to address that in the draft, or you think that's going to be another free agent acquisition? Boy, I'm going to tell you, I, if I'm if I'm the looking at it from a Raiders standpoint, you want to go find a free agent. Mm. You want to go find that guy because every time in the draft, it's a crapshoot. Does that make sense? What I'm saying to you? Yeah. And I, let me give you a great example. Do you remember Eddie Drummond? Sure. He was an All-Pro kick, kick return, punt return specialist. And when there's when the Lions were signing, you know, Damian Woody and Dre Bly, big names, they go out and sign Eddie Drummond, and nobody cared. I mean, I literally remember fans saying, you know, all oh, this is terrible. Well, Eddie Drummond was an unrestricted free agent and ends up becoming a Pro Bowler. And so it's the same way with my good friend Mike Furry, who's now the, the wide receiver coach in Chicago. I mean, they go out and get Mike. He's an under-the-radar guy. He's led the NFC in, in, in passing yards. And I think this is where people like Mike Mayock and his crew, whether it's a linebacker, whether it's a defensive tackle, whether it's a safety or a corner, this is where they have to prove themselves. And by the way, those those signings, that the finding of, of Eddie Drummond was all Matt Millen, where yeah. you got to go out and find those guys, those producers. And yeah, I think you want to address in free agency if you can, because at least those guys have a track record. I mean, you know this, Scott, as well as anybody. The draft is a complete crapshoot. It is. Yeah. No, in the first round especially. I mean, it's like 50%, right? So that's where, that's where I always get upset when Raider fans talk about not trading draft picks. Now, 
I understand you need to you need you need your draft capital, but you can also use your draft capital in other ways. And if you can use that draft capital to go out and get a veteran that can come in and fill the problem is, I think Hondo and you know this from talking to Raider Nation because they're so great and they share their 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 thoughts and feelings so so openly. And that is, Raider fans have been burned so many times with bringing in aging veterans who don't perform up to what they used to do and so mm-hmm. i think that they're all a little shell-shocked and they don't want that to happen and and they're starting to lump Corey littleton into that which listen Corey littleton he took responsibility for not having a good year even though i don't think it was all his fault i think it had to do with scheme it had to do with what was plaguing the entire defense but i do think that that that's why there's some i think fear over the raiders signing free agents versus draft but in, in at least you have it like you said at least you have a track record in the professional ranks of a veteran where you don't have with a college to be great in college, but you know, like you said, 50, 50. Yeah. And I'm going to say this. I think Raider fans have a right to be ticked off at some of the free agent signings that this organizations have done over the years. But I'm going to tell you this since Mayock and Gruden have come together, I don't necessarily think that's a case. Again, Corey Littleton, bad season. I totally seed that. I give it up. It's a correct. But I don't think it was a bad pick. There's some other guys that came in at free agents that necessarily, I mean, Trent Brown. There was a huge market for Trent. Mm -hmm. But what happened was, is he got here and couldn't stay healthy. That's not on the Raiders. They can't control his health. But but, But when you go out and sign guys, like for example, I think you and I both agree, LaMarcus Joyner has underperformed, but LaMarcus Joyner was switched to a different position. To me, that's on the Raiders. That's on them. But again, I, I think they, they have underwhelmed, but I, I, I have enough confidence, and I'm not a fan, but I have enough confidence in that front office and Mike Mayock and his crew that I'm going to bet on them every time until they prove me along. Yes, I do agree. This year's rookie class did not perform to the level of expectation, but this year's rookie class also got no OTAs, no springs, no rookie mini camps, and oh, by the way, a very limited preseason. So I'm going to give them a, a pass on that. That's nothing that the Raiders can control, but I have confidence they can fix it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we're going to take our first break. When Hondo and I come back, we're going to talk about maybe some free agent targets, especially at safety and defensive end and the edge, uh, that the Raiders might be interested in. We'll talk through the positives and negatives of all of those guys. You can be involved in the conversation, 702-365-9200 is the number. That's the Raider Nation Radio listener hotline. You're on with Hondo and Scott on Silver and Black today, only on Raider Nation Radio. From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here are your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Q Myers. Welcome back. Silver and Black today here on this Monday. Hope you're having a great start to the week. Scott Goldbranson, Hondo Carpenter with you. We're going to talk a little bit now about Raiders free agency. Well, who can they go grab? Like, who is who are their targets? Well, we don't know that for certain yet. We do know there are areas of need on this team. Oh, by the way, let me mention, all as always, that the show is powered by our good friend Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys. Visit them at samandashlaw.com. So uh, back to the free agents now. Honda, I want to run through some of these guys. As we talked earlier about safety, so whether or not Jeff he comes back or, or not, we don't know for sure. But the, even though they like him, if you can upgrade, you upgrade. And so here's here's the question: there's there's a bunch of guys out there, and I'll, I'll name some of these 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 casualties of the cap and others that are just free agents. I'm going to start with Trey Boston. Trey Boston was released late last week from Carolina, uh, a guy that uh, could could fit in nicely at free safety for the Raiders. Uh, when you look at Trey Boston, is it, do you see him as a fit? Forget the money for now. We'll, we'll, we won't be constrained by cost here. We'll just talk about fit for this defense, for Gus Bradley, for John Gruden and the Silver and Black. What do you think of Trey Boston? I love his vision. I think that's one of the things that is, is, to be very honest, very underrated with him is the way he sees the field. And I think that's important. And I, when you go out and you're going to spend big bucks on a guy, Scott, you've got to make sure that this is a guy that's going to fit the way you operate. And when you play in a Gus Bradley system, your safeties are asked to, to do a lot athletics, athletically. And Boston has the vision to see it. You know, I, I explain vision this way. Someone once asked me, 
um, what do you think of vision? Because I was talking about it, and I said it's ability to see peripherally. Uh, one, I had one general manager say to me that they thought uh, Boston was a poor man's Justin Simmons. Now that's an interesting that's a pretty mix. good comparison. Yeah, and, and he thought he told me he goes, I think he has better vision than Simmons. I thought that was uh I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But that's that again, that's my thought on Boston. Well, so Trey Boston's one of those guys, clearly now he's out he's out on the street already. Uh and and so we'll see how that all plays out. Another guy I really like, I know you're familiar with um, uh, in, up in the NFC is Anthony Harris from Minnesota. This is a guy Q and I talked about late uh, a lot last year as a possible future target um, for a trade or even for now free agency. Um, I like his game. I like his ability to lead to in Minnesota and what he was able to do there. Is he a fit here in Las Vegas? Yeah, I think he's a guy that absolutely could come here. But one of the knocks on him is he will take risks to make big plays, and he makes a lot of big ones. But the problem is, in a Gus Bradley system, and we talked about this on this show when it broke that he got hired, is they keep the game in front of them. They're abusive. They play tough. Mm. And I don't know. I mean, if you take the risk and it succeeds, great. But the way Gus Bradley plays his defensive backfield, you know, you got to be a guy that's right more than you are wrong. And I, I again, that's going to be the the question mark for me that Bradley's going to have to find out on tape. Yeah, uh, and 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 I agree with that. And I think that's the thing. That's the one negative when you look at him is it's it's sort of like Jonathan Abram, the young guy who'd be playing next to him, right? Which is you love what they have. You love that they bring that to the game. But perhaps in the Raiders' defensive backfield, you need that true confidence, somebody who's maybe not that same way, uh, and, uh, and 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 that could be an issue for them when they're looking at uh, free agents as well. Now, I also look a guy we've talked a lot about here on the show, Marcus May from the Jets. I love Marcus May's game. The issue I see with that one is I, you know, they traded away Jamal Adams last year uh, before last season. Uh, I think the Jets might franchise tag him, and I know a lot of Raider fans like Marcus May. They like to see him part of the silver and black. First of all, do you think he'll get out of New York, or do you think they'll tag him? And if, he, if they weren't going to tag him, is that a guy you'd target? I would target him, and I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, I think the Jets are their own worst enemy. Let me give you a great example. <laughs> Zach Wilson. I was talking to an NFL general manager. I'm actually going to be writing about this on Friday. I was talking to an NFL general manager this week, and he made a comment to me that he believes Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this draft. But he said it isn't one and two. It's one A and one B. And he thinks Zach Wilson at BYU. And he goes, you watch. The Jets are just the team who can't lose enough to get Trevor and will trade away or somehow lose Zach Wilson. And he goes, the two best quarterbacks in the draft, and they're going to stick. And I thought that was fascinating. So, yes, I think May would be a great get. I think he would, if you can make him fit, I think it's a guy that you have a lot you can show him. I mean, he's leaving the tax brackets of New York to come to Nevada. There's a lot of things to upsell here with the Raiders, but then you also turn it around and, and you know, it, I think you have to expect the Jets are going to do something stupid. That's why they're the Jets. <laughs> exactly. All right, moving on, New Orleans. So we know New Orleans is the team in the NFL who has the worst cap situation. Uh, their ability to re-sign guys is going to be highly, highly restricted. You have Marcus Williams is there. Is he a fit for the Raiders? All right, I want to answer this, but I really want to hear from you first because I, I think you and I are going to disagree. What do you think? <laughs> I don't. Okay, wow. I'm stunned. I Why, really you, thought you, you were going to go all in on him. I don't think he fits. <laughs> no, I don't think he fits either. Uh, not only for the way his play, his play is and his style, uh, but I just don't. I don't think. Look, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think you know, knowing and having watched him this past year. I, I, for some reason, a lot of saw a lot of New Orleans games this season. I, I just don't see him as that leader they need back there uh, with this team. You know, if you look at it, yes, he's got four years in, so he'll be into his fifth year. But I don't see that maturity there uh, that that I would want from a guy maybe. And I think some of the other guys, even in his same uh, age range with four or five years of experience, have a little bit more of that. And I just don't think – I think there's a little bit of risk there too that he takes, and I don't think he's a good fit for Gus Bradley's system. 
I want to throw this out to you because I'd love to get your thoughts. That's the thing people need to understand is a new system. I'm going to give you a guy that I don't think is getting a lot of attention. Mm. What do you think of Patrick Peterson? Now, this mm-hmm. guy's lost a step. He's not the speed demon that he used to be, but neither is Richard Sherman the speed demon he used to be. But he's a professional. He's a playmaker. When he does take risks, he's smart enough to understand it. And as one person said to me, you know, he's one of the smartest guys with a football sense in the NFL. What would you think of Patrick Peterson? No, I think Patrick Peterson's a guy a lot of people talk about, and I agree. And listen, losing a step is not necessarily, to me, a disqualifier. It's why I talked about Richard Sherman, right, which is the idea that these guys bring in the leadership. They can still play. It's not like they can't play anymore. You know, this is not a situation where when you look at Patrick Peterson, his skills have have, have fallen off so much that you wouldn't want to put him out there. I, I, I don't agree with people who either have that take or don't know enough to know that it's not true. So to me, that's... That's where I would like to see uh, them go. Patrick Peterson, another guy I like, too, is Sean Williams from the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's an opportunity, I think. He's not going to – I mean, he's not going to break the bank. He's also a good safety and a good guy off the field. He's really a strong leader in the locker room and on the field. And to me, I think that's you – know, you, you go back to what Mike Mayock and John Gruden have said for the last couple of years, Hondo, and that is they want guys with high football character on and off the field, right? And that, that's the kind of a guy – like, you know, if somebody said, hey, well, they signed Sean Williams, uh, I think a lot of fans would be like, who, what, why? But in reality, he's not only going to elevate your play on the field, but he's also going to be that steadying force in the locker room. I agree. Now, I want to throw this out to you, Scott, because I mentioned this on your show several weeks ago. But remember, I said to you, don't rule out the the Raiders taking a look at Russell Okun. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a guy that the Raiders would have a good shot at. I think he would like to come this way. And I'm going to tell you, would you not like him as a pick-and-plug guy to replace Trent Brown? Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, I, I, I think there's going to be, too, that's the other thing is Okunga's a great guy, but, and then there's also going to be some, some players that get cut off offensive lines that because of for the same reason Trent Brown's being cut, which is cost. Uh, and, and some of those guys might come a little bit cheaper depending on what happens with their demand, but you can always, you can always do it. But I think Okunga's a guy that, that, that clearly, I mean, here's a guy you could plug right in, like you said, uh, 6'5", what is he, like 300 pounds somewhere around there um Mm -hmm. he's a guy that you know and he's done great i mean he was with what denver uh denver and the chargers i think started his career right around i think it was denver um but he's a he's a guy that you're right you can you can replace trent brown with him and and not skip a beat there he's going to be a solid player uh to go on the other side for the raiders and to me that's one one key issue is the offensive line. So we're focusing here on defense, I know, but you're right. There's a guy out there uh, that they can go out and grab uh, and, and be able to really uh, not skip a beat, and to me that's really important. Um, Scott, do yeah, we have time ahead. for me to throw a couple things out course, there real quick? Of course. I want to throw out a couple names, a couple edge guys. Uh, Bud Dupree with the Steelers. Yep. That's a guy I really like. I like his motor. I like the way he approaches it. I like him in the locker room all about it. I'm going to give you another guy that's going to probably surprise you a little bit, but he's a guy I'm very familiar with, Justin Houston with the Colts. It's another edge rusher. These are guys. Now, understand all these guys we're talking about, uh, I I think a Richard Sherman is certainly a stud. I think Patrick Peterson would carry some weight a lot like Jason Witten did, but none of these guys we're talking about are the free agent hammer, and they need a hammer. And so for me, as we talk about these names, I'm trying to bring up some names of some guys that maybe like an Eddie Drummond fly under the radar that are good producers because they're going to need to spend the money to get a hammer. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And then, of course, you have the Vaughn Millers. I know that's a name that, that even though he's a Bronco, Raider fans really in love with. I would be very skeptical just because of injury history. Um, you know, you, need, you don't need another guy who's not going to be available. I'm not saying that's the case. Uh, and then, of course, he had a little bit of off-the-field cr- craziness this year. But Melvin Ingram is a name that keeps coming up. I think that's one of those guys that would come in and obviously knows the system well, having played for Gus Bradley. He's not a name that's at the top of Raider fans' lists. But isn't he a guy that you think that, hey, listen, here's a guy who's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, but he can come in and he knows how to run that offense. He knows the coaching staff, uh, and he could he could help all those guys get up to speed very quickly. 
Absolutely. And I had someone ask me recently, you know, why all the talk about Gus Bradley's former players? Well, the point is, is because they know what he wants. And when you're a team and, you know, let's be honest, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. I mean, I understand that everything's miraculously lifting now and a lot of stuff is coming back to normal, but you still don't know what's going to happen. I mean, and so I think when you can bring in as many players who know what the new guy wants, especially when you don't know what's going to happen with OTAs and everything else, that's a big deal. That helps them, those guys, teach the other guys in the locker room. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we have a caller on the line. We're going to go to our good friend Steven in New Orleans. Steven, you're on with Hondo and Scott. We're talking free agents on the defense. What do you got for us today, my man? Well, good afternoon, guys, and I had to call this week, no matter what happened. I had to find a way to get in because it's a, a kind of a sad week. But in terms of defensive players, I like some of the names you mentioned. Akun would know Tom Cable pretty well. I would assume that would make him a fit there. Um, but, I, but I have something more important to say that comes from my heart. Last year I had both my knees replaced. And as much as anything, Raider Nation Radio many afternoons provided me some joy when I was going through some grueling therapy and getting back on my feet. And I have, and my knees are better. So I want to say thank you to Raider Nation Radio. Thank you to Scott. Thank you to Hondo. And you were there for my journey and I'm going to be there for your journey, okay? Oh, I appreciate that, Stephen, man. We we always uh, loved having you call in, and uh, and always uh, we'll keep in touch, and I appreciate that so, so much. And uh, and uh, we'll be in touch, I'm sure. You'll, you, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be around, but we'll figure it all out. Right. <laughs> Thank and you, let man. me just say this to you, brother. Yeah. I want you to know before we sign off on Wednesday, I want Scott to pronounce it correctly. It's Norlands. <laughs> as long as you don't say New Orleans, I won't yeah. say Nevada or Nevada wrong. I promise. <laughs> yes, I learned none. that on the show, right? I learned oh, that yeah. on this show. Oh yes, so. you did. You talked about that many times. No, and and, and Nolens is always in my heart, always there, and I hope to get back there soon. So hopefully, Stephen, uh, I would say hopefully in the next six months, I'm down there actually. So we'll get together uh, and definitely have a have a good time for sure. Well, you have my direct message, so if you get yep. down, we'll meet, and I'm buying the etouffee, the oysters, and the crawfish, okay? <laughs> that sounds good to me, man. You won't have to convince me of that one. Oh, uh, right. I appreciate the call, brother. We'll talk to you soon, and, and take care of yourself. There's Steven in New day. Orleans. Uh, good stuff. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, look, you, look, you look at these names, and, and continuing a little bit, too, on the, on the defensive line, Hondo, you know, there's the names out there like uh, Yannick Ngakwe, and, and uh, you know, I like him, but you hear so many, so many questions about work ethic. I don't think the, the Raiders don't need a guy. Shaq Barrett, I think, did really well this year, obviously won a Super Bowl, and I think he's a good guy. He'd come along in his last couple years. Um, but to me, I think, you know, you talk about Dupree, you talk about Houston, you talk about some of those guys. I think that's where the Raiders need to do. They need to go out and get a couple guys, plus that big alpha dog, One, I think one big signing, uh, that guy, to your point about, is going to be the earth shaker and is going to have the quarterback across the line uh, having their knees buckle a little bit. Well, and you know, Scott, some of that's going to have to, I think, when you look at the free agency, there's not a lot of hammers out there because hammers don't get there. Right. Very few teams. I mean, uh, does anybody think the, the Cowboys are stupid enough to let Dak Prescott go? Maybe. But there are very few hammers. And so that's going to either come in as a cut because of a trade or maybe a trade or a cut because of salary cap. I'm going to give you a name that somebody mentioned to me the other day that you want you to keep an eye on. Denzel Perryman. Mm -hmm. It's a linebacker from the Chargers. And that would be an interesting guy to, to see how he would come in and fit. But when you look at the defensive line, there's, I mean, again, Shaq Barrett, but I don't think he's getting away from the box. And J.J. Watt's being smart. He's waiting to see what team's going to give him the best chance to to perform and, and, and perform and play. That's why I like Dupree and others. But again, when you look at that list, Scott, do you see that many hammers? No. 
And I and I think that's part of the issue, right? I think I think that's where people there's a couple names. I mean, and then you go back to Leonard Williams on the inside, and I know we're talking about Edge right now, but there's a couple of those guys on the inside. Although even Williams, you know, it recently has played really well, but of course he started off with the Jets, and they did they didn't um, they didn't like him overall after picking him what fifth or sixth overall, and then he made his way to the Giants where he kind of found himself, which shows you sometimes players take a little bit longer to develop, and so so you have to decide: are you willing to pay that kind of money to go get one of those interior guys, knowing that you're right, there's no hammers on the outside either. Um, And then the question becomes, too, when you start to look at what the Raiders can do uh, defensively with the needs that they have, I think I think you have to go with a little bit more of quantity because the quality, like you said, isn't going to be there. And I'm not saying that these guys aren't good players and they're not going to help the Raiders go from one of the worst defenses to a good defense uh, in a year because I think they can. But you're right. You talk about Perryman, you talk about Dupree, you talk about these other guys. Those are the types of guys I think that can come in and do it. Now, my question for you, Hondo, is of the, of the Raiders – interior defensive lineman, which is now two <laughs> under contract. Um, Maurice Hurst, first of all, I want to say this. I have, I have not met in this business uh, a nicer, more respectful young man, I think, than I have ever met with Maurice Hurst. If you ever talk to him, he is the nicest guy. He is so respectful. Uh, I sat with his mother in the airport in London when we came back a couple years ago, and his mother, you can see where he got it from, uh, and his grandmother, just beautiful people. Uh, but here's my question on him. Is he going to be anything more than a rotational guy, or do you think Maurice Hurst is kind of what we've seen he's going to be? He can get better, there's no question. Uh, or do you think he he can solidify and maybe become part of the answer in the middle. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I think he was their best interior defensive lineman, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. And so consistency. I, yeah, I think he was consistent. I think that's a guy that absolutely I think is is a guy that you can look for improvement on. But I I'm I'm a big Mo Hurst fan. Mm-hmm. I like him. I like what he brings to the locker room. I like his work ethic. I like what people have told me about him in practice. In the way he approaches things. So, yeah, I'm a big guy on Mo Hurst. I think the Raiders are better for having him. So I understand why he gets overlooked because the unit as a whole did not perform. Right. But I think he had a good season. See, and to me, that's the thing as well, is I think if you have him, and and I'm a big believer, clearly, I I think if you have help in there for him, uh, in the middle there, somebody who's going to actually be a difference maker with him, and a couple of those guys, coupled with Max Crosby, coupled with whatever they decide to do on the other edge, if it's Clee Furl or whoever it is, um, if they start clicking on all cylinders in this new system, I think Mo Hurst is going to have a breakout year. Now, I know a lot of people have been saying it's a make or break year for him, and I don't disagree because of the contract, but at the same time, I really think he can do it, and I think it's going to be a good year for Mo Hurst in this in this defense, especially when he gets some help up front. All right, we're going out on the phone lines before we go to a break. It is TJ. TJ, you're on with Scott and Hondo here on Silver and Black today on a Monday. Hey, I appreciate it. How you guys doing? Good, buddy. Good. Thanks for joining us, TJ. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, talking about Hurst, um, you know, I was looking at Leonard Williams in free agency and wanted to bring him in, but I think after they signed uh, David Irving again, uh, I think he and Hurst are going to be rotating in at three tech. Um, you know, we've got Farrell on the edge and Crosby. So we're really missing that one tech, the nose tackle. And, um, you know, um, Hankins is a free agent. So I think we get, get a big signing there. Maybe Dalvin Tomlinson, great run stuffer at one tech. Um, you know, obviously we need the free safety and I think uh, some more edge rushers too. Um, but I also would, I want to know you guys' thoughts on corner because Bradley typically uses big-bodied, tall, uh, long-armed guys at outside corner, and I think Arnett might fit better at slot, which would leave Mullen and maybe Isaiah Johnson, or we could bring a guy like Quentin Dunbar in, in free agency who's been hurt, but you know he could he could be a good addition there too, and maybe look in the in the draft. But what are you guys thinking about? outside corner in our net. Yeah, good questions, TJ. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll start with the, the corner question. And, Hondo, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, too. I, I understand what you're saying about Arnett, Arnett going into the slot, uh, and that may end up happening. I, I think you're right as far as if you look at the players that have played in Bradley's system and done really well at corner, they are big-bodied uh, corners who are, who, are, who are physical. And so, so that's not Arnett per se. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. but coaches also change the based on their talent. So I, I'm not sure. I think that they will try that. I think the slot corner position, um, that's what they, they drafted Amik Robertson for last year, and he's got a ways to go to develop. And so it'll be interesting, but, but that's why I think they'll, act, they'll actively look for a corner probably in free agency that fits that mold, don't you, Hondo? Totally do, but I think his point is very accurate about Arnett. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to be very blunt. I thought Damon Arnett's rookie season was a, was a nightmare, mm-hmm. and I think there was a lot more that could have happened on the table. I think he needs to mature off the field, which I've said on your show many, many times. But I, I think Gus Bradley coming in, the slate's clean, and Gus Bradley's going to let these guys show them who he is, good or bad. And I, I, I think you're, the caller made a great observation. He likes the big-bodied physical corners. And that's why you got to look at, can you imagine? You bring in a Richard Sherman, what if they actually could get a Patrick Peterson also if the numbers were right? Yeah. And then you have those young corners in a meek. You got those young corners in Mullen and obviously Arnett and let them learn from the old guys. I'm not saying that that's realistic, but I'm saying that's a good analysis on his part. And that's why we said on this show the day that Gus Bradley's story broke is that this is a do-over for some of these young guys. I have zero concerns about Mullen. He's mature. He does things right. And all of that you've seen progression have, from you've seen progression from him, so it's easy to see that he's improving. He's not there yet, but he is putting in the effort, and he is playing well. Great, but I want Jonathan Abrams to me and Damon Arnett are the two biggest players on the clock right now. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. What did you think about what he said that the only need they had inside was a one tech? Um. Well, I I I. I, I would disagree. <laughs> I, I, now, it doesn't mean that there aren't some guys on that roster who can't step up and play that. Right. Or can't, but my point is, is they haven't seen it. And you got, you know, one of the best often offenses in the NFL that's that's absolutely rip roaring, ready to go to go play in the playoffs and win some games in the playoff. I don't know that at that position, which is the most important in all of football on the defensive side of the ball, that defensive line, do you roll the dice and take a risk at another year? To me, that's the biggest concern. Yeah, no, as I've been saying since the Super Bowl, offensive line, defensive line, and quarterback, right? So the Raiders have that quarterback. They have an offensive line that needs some work but is still very good, and the defensive line needs the most attention, so we'll see what they do. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will get back to your phone calls. We'll close out our number one, and then we're going to talk about Derek Carr, the quarterback situation, the trade that didn't happen with the Colts because they were told no, uh, and we'll get your calls, too, at 702-365-9200. You're on with us. Uncle Hondo and Scott here on Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio. From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here are your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Q Myers. And welcome back. Silver and Black today on a Monday. We're going right back on the phone lines before we get to the top of the hour. It is Rich. Rich, you're on with Scott and Hondo here on Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio. What's up, Rich? What's up, Scott? How you doing, man? Good, brother. How you doing? I'm not too bad. Yeah, I got. Um, I, I've been listening today, and um, just trying to understand something. You said uh, Jeffy is a really great safety. You know, when Richard, uh, Chris Richard, is running that cover three system over in in Dallas, he was playing the box safety role, not the deep safety role. Mm-hmm. So. Either is Abram going to play the deep safety role? And then, that's a great. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please go ahead. I'm sorry. And then, I thought and you were then, done. And then, and then when, when we're talking about maybe corners coming in, we're talking uh, Patrick Patrick Peterson did not play well in a cover three system. I mean, I mean the the tapes there. I mean, he, right, he's no, more I, of a man guy and block down man guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he could probably play some safety. However, I I don't think he he could play. He doesn't play well in the cover three, press cover three system. First no. of all, I totally agree with everything you just said, and I want to explain because I think it's a great question. Number one, you may have remember when I mentioned Patrick Peterson, I said he's lost a step. So I absolutely think you bring in you could you bring in Patrick Peterson and make the adjustment to safety. I think he would be great there, and then you bring in an older guy, but one who's proven because he still is making plays. I think you would agree with that. And the in the cover three, he was not good, but he still was a playmaker. And Jeff Heath, yes, I don't think you play him. 
as a guy who's going to be the deep guy. I don't think that's his specialty. But when he plays up short, I think he does very well, and it allows Abrams to either come along and grow. But right now, Abrams was was not good last year. And I think Heath coming back in a position, then you get a guy that can play the deeper role. But I agree with your analysis completely on what you said. There you go, yeah, Rich. I, I, just, I, think, I think actually the team is a lot closer on defense. And, and, and when we we watch Arnett at Ohio State. He he can he can play he play press he play press you know motoring out he can play zone. I I, th- I think the system, the players, the amount of practice there it was it was a it was a multitude of things that was bad on for the defense that caused the defense to I mean because literally they were I mean people you know. Uh, I, you know, we get into you know Twitter arguments all the time. They say, "Oh, the Texans' defense was better. It's ranked a lot higher." It was it's a five five point difference. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they were literally tied sixteen, and it was just just points per game. You know, where other defenses were, you know, ranked ahead of us, and they gave up less points, but we gave up less yards. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just I, I think if they can one bring some communication communication and everybody be clear on their job. I think that the defense will be better. I would like to see, because uh, I, I remember when we had, uh, was it uh, uh, when Del Rio was there, we, we also ran a five tech and it's pretty much going to be the same defense. You know, we went to get out of that defense to another defense and we're going right back to the same defense. So we're going to probably going to need a five and we're probably going to need, I think, I think uh, 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 Crosby can play that Leo position. Is he going to be? Uh, he's no Khalil Mack, no, no Khalil Mack. But I think he can play that position. I think he can play it well. I agree with you, Rich, and I think that I, I I agree with you that I don't think the defense the defense has talent. So so that's the difference here. I think a lot of Raider fans look at the defense and say that there's no talent there, and that's why they perform poorly. And certainly there are spots where they need talent upgrades. We just talked about that on the defensive front, especially up in the middle, uh, some help at linebacker, help at safety, and and an extra cornerback. You need bodies there, but I think it also Hondo. We talk about this a lot, and Rich, thank you for your call again. We talk a lot about this on the show which is uh, you need the coaching situation and the system that are going to bring the most out of the player. Yeah, and if you don't mind, Scott, I want to go back and just credit Rich. That's what we talk about when be a good caller. Know what you're talking about. And he clearly did and he understood. That's why you have to look and focus and say, you know, look at guys and say, where do they fit? What do they go? And you have to understand what they've played in and what their strengths were. That was a great call. Uh, yeah, I, to me... The coaching variable in all of this is the biggest one. If I'm the Raiders, I'm looking at Gus Bradley saying, all right, you know, you look at the film. You tell us what what fits. And and if I'm him, I'm having him sit with Mike Mayock right now. Obviously, Mike's out at senior days. But they're spending as much time as they can talking and letting them know these are the kind of guys I need and I'm looking for. No doubt about it. Okay, we're at the top of the hour. We're going to step aside. We're going to pay some bills. When we come back, Hondo and I are going to talk about Derek Carr. We're going to talk about maybe putting to bed the Carr castignation. Uh, all this stuff around Derek Carr. Why is it still such an issue? And I think that all the signs point to what we think will be Derek Carr in a Raider uniform for quite a while. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also get your take on it. What do you think? There's so many varying opinions on Derek Carr. 702-365-9200 as Hondo and Scott roll along on a Monday, only here on Raider Nation Radio. 